Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Those words from Martin Luther King Jr., And this Martin Luther King Jr. holiday weekend is to celebrate this man and his life and his achievements. Uh, We've been doing this for a long time. The Martin Luther King Jr. holiday on Monday is the 26th anniversary of the day of service that celebrates the civil rights leader's life and legacy. And it's observed every year on the third Monday in January as a day on, not a day off, actually. MLK Day is the only federal holiday designated as a national day of service to encourage all Americans. And in the climate of America right now, I wonder what Martin Luther King is thinking as he looks down upon what's going on in our country. My name is Bo Matthews, and thank you for listening to the Voice of St. Louis KMOX. We get underway. we got a a lot planned for you. And uh, while the numbers have dropped since the onset of the pandemic, a lot of us are still working from home. And according to a survey from Gallup, 33% of Americans are always working remotely, and 25% are working remotely sometimes. And of those who work remotely, nearly two-thirds of would like to continue to do so. Do you like working from home? I don't mind working from home. Ain't got to drive. Don't have to eat out. That can be expensive. You know, those those business lunches. Uh, So when it comes to remote jobs, you may be thinking, hmm, maybe I need to come up with a remote job. And and that's what a lot of people are enjoying doing, spending more time with their family uh, because you're not commuting. That takes away time from your family. It will also give you time to spend on your own passions, your hobbies, things you like to do. Maybe it's just your honeydew list. I mean, I look at my honeydew list as my passion and my hobby because we've got things we want to get done. Got to change the flapper in the toilet. Got to clean out this or that. Uh, you just got to utilize that time, that extra time that you're not spending in traffic and on the road uh, to do the things that you want to do. Embrace this time is what I recommend. My goodness. Uh, going to embrace this time for sure. Did you hear Girl Scout cookies will be sold online nationwide uh, this year, including through Grubhub. And they've got a new flavor. Have you heard about the new flavor? It's the French toast-inspired cookie. That's joining the 2021 lineup. So things are looking good for 2021, but they're rolling out uh, as they do every January. And last year, the timing couldn't have been much worse. Just as sales were supposed to be ramping up, America was hit by the pandemic, leaving the organization searching for an alternative plan. And thankfully, they quickly adjusted 
And by March, the Girl Scouts set up online ordering, allowing people to ship cookies directly to their door or donate boxes to frontline workers. A lot of people did that. And for this year, the Girl Scouts are coming in prepared and bringing a new cookie with them. As I mentioned at the top of that uh, this segment, the French toast-inspired cookie. That could take the place of Thin Mints. No, (laughs) but it's a thought. We've got a great show planned for you. Some great guests, including uh, an opportunity to talk to somebody that's been a part of the 2021 CES, the Consumer Electronics Show. It's usually also a big hit, just like Girl Scout Cookies in January. It's normally a January convention in Vegas. There's lots of cool gadgets and uh, technology. And boy, there's going to be a lot that we're going to be hearing, hearing about on face mask technology and flying cars, maybe. Yeah, we're going to talk to uh, the director of event communication, Sarah Brown, in this first hour. Also, if you're looking for a different kind of living situation, maybe you want to get out from under your parents' roof, well, there's a co- there's a company called oddcoupleshousing.com that is matching up people that are looking for a place to live that is with homeowners that are in the older uh, age group that maybe need a little help taking out the trash or cutting the grass or something like that. We're going to actually talk to them next. Uh, Also on the show, we've got a bow in the go stop. I don't want you to miss out on, we went to Jefferson County to the Rock Township Ambulance District. And we talked with the chief because we had heard through the grapevine that uh, their ambulance staff got hit with COVID uh, to the tune of about 10 of their paramedics. How did they do it? How did they get through it? We're going to find out. That and so much more is planned for you on The Voice of St. Louis KMOX. My name is Bo Matthews. Stay right there. It's The Voice of St. Louis KMOX. My name is Bo Matthews. And if you have found yourself in a situation where, you know, money is tight and you're you're looking for maybe a room to rent, uh, and, and maybe you're willing to do some work around a, a house that's going to rent you that room, I've got the perfect guy to talk to. He is the chief product officer at oddcoupleshousing.com. His name is Charlie Eaton. Charlie, welcome to the Bomberito Automotive Group guest line. How are you, sir? I am doing well. Thanks for having me on. Okay, so so did I set that up correctly? Uh, Odd Couples Housing is is kind of a new thing. I don't know how long the company's been around. Maybe you can explain some of the history to it. Oh, absolutely. Yes, we have been around uh, since 2017. Uh, We are a unique service that brings together healthy, active, older adults with compatible and responsible younger adults to stick to share housing. And, and how do you, and how do you, uh, uh, I don't know, do, do you do background checks? Uh, how do you, how do you match them up and make sure that, you know, it's for the right reasons that people are wanting to move in with uh, maybe uh, an active older person? Certainly. Yeah. So we have a product uh, that you can sign up for online just by visiting www.oddcoupleshousing.com. And there's a sign up link in the top navigation of the website. Uh, What homeowners and seekers, the the people that are looking for rooms will do is they will go through and create an online profile that talks about, uh, you know, their home or the places that they're looking to live, uh, what they're willing to pay or what they would like to get for that room. Uh, And then, and then also being able to talk about what they're looking for in the perfect roommate, 
Uh, we also have a personality survey that we have each individual take. And then once those profiles are created, then uh, seekers can request a match with homeowners who they would like to move in with. And then we kind of facilitate a meet and greet between them and they determine if they want to move in together and kind of come up with their own rules and how much it's going to cost. And then they move in. I think it's really smart, especially in this day and age. You know, everything's getting more expensive. And for a lot of homeowners, as it says on your website, uh, sharing a spare room with a younger person means additional monthly income. So this is going to be a savings for the renter, and it is going to be a benefit for the person that's renting that room. And, you know, there's a lot of homes that have two or, you know, three rooms that are available. Uh, do you also find in your situation with oddcoupleshousing.com that, uh, that uh, an older person would rent more than one room at a time. Absolutely. Uh, we just recently had a, uh, a gentleman who is the second roommate move in with one of our homeowners in Wentzville. Uh, she actually has two Logan University students living with her now. Wow, that's really cool. Because when I go back to my broadcasting school days in Minneapolis, I, I, you know, the school that I went to didn't have a, a dorm, but they gave me some suggestions on where to look. So I actually lived in they, what they called many years ago was a public dorm. So in this dorm, you had a very small room that you shared with somebody else, but it was a very small room. Um, and you were limited to access and, and, you know, they did have like a cafeteria thing. But it's just so constricting, especially when you think, okay, I'm going to go down and watch the game on, on the TV in the, in the common area, and they're watching you know, something that you don't want to watch. So that's an issue. Of course, we have our devices now. But I remember how constricted I felt there. And I only stayed there about six months before I, I got together with a group of other of fellow students, and we were like, okay, let's rent a house. And we ended up doing that because we all wanted a backyard to walk into and hang out in. So it's, it's definitely a benefit on many, many levels. Um, and, and let's talk about the fees that it, 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 you charge through oddcoupleshousing.com because you get what you pay for. If you go on Craigslist for a free service and, and to find a room, you're going to have a lot of challenges. And it sounds like you guys have really taken away that, those questions. Oh, certainly, yes. Yeah. So uh, homeowners, whenever they sign up for the platform, there's a $25 a month monthly fee, which uh, provides them with their home listing on the platform. Uh, they can receive unlimited requests from seekers to match and meet. Um, and then we also provide uh, personal attention from our match team. Um, and what that gives them is, you know, the, they can ask questions, they can get guidance. Um, we have a lot of, you know, help around how to get your home ready for someone to move in. <laughs> and then and then for, for seekers, uh, signing up is free, uh, and they can uh, request to meet and match with as many homeowners as they like until they find that perfect match. Once that perfect match is found, there is a $200 fee for the homeowner and a $50 fee for the seeker uh, to, to finalize that match. And then they themselves agree on what the monthly amount is between the two of them, and they can choose to you know, collect that money uh, just between the two of them, or we actually offer uh, payment services on our our product as well, where we can actually collect that payment for them and put it right into the homeowner's bank account. Man, that is so smart. And you know, my my father, I mentioned several times on my show, he lives alone in a big house in New Jersey. And, uh, and you know, of course, I'm here in St. Louis, so I can't be there to help him with yard work and stuff like that. And you have scenarios where some of these people that are renting are like incorporating, okay, here's your low rent. But uh, in addition, we're going to we're going to agree that you'll cut the grass or you'll shovel the snow or whatever the case is. Uh, man, it, it seems like a great opportunity. Heck, I've got uh, elderly people that are my neighbors that on a regular basis, I can tell you, Charlie, that I will, you know, check on them. 
hey, I'm going to the store. Do you need anything? And, and uh, you know, it happens occasionally. Like, oh, I need milk or eggs or something like that. It really just seems like a, a, a perfect, uh, you know, a perfect opportunity for planets to line up where somebody that's needing a place and somebody that's needing a roommate, that's what they come to you. Absolutely. Yeah. We've even heard from homeowners, you know, it's just very nice to have somebody that can take out the trash because that's my least favorite thing to do. Right. <laughs> Clean the cat box. There you go. <laughs> um, and, and so, uh, the people that are renting, who are, who are they mostly? Are they students or they just, are they just adults that are, you know, looking for somewhere inexpensive to live? Uh, we, the, 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 uh, range varies um, on who who the seekers are on our platform. Um, we do have, you know, quite a few uh, graduate students. Um, we have had international students that are coming to the United States and coming to St. Louis, um, and love living with the homeowners because it just gives them a better glimpse of our culture instead of just being on campus living. We have young professionals who just got out of college and have a lot of student debt, yeah. and so you know, being able to balance their finances, uh, you know, I mean having a one bedroom apartment can consume up to 70% of a, of a young adult's income. And so being able to have somewhere affordable and safe to live that also allows them to budget their, their finances a lot better. And then we also have, you know, even, even people that are into their, you know, late twenties, early thirties that just need a safe, affordable place to live while they uh, figure things out. I love it. I think it is so smart. We're talking with the chief product officer of odd couples housing, Charlie Eaton. And have you been with the company since, uh, since it began? Um, I joined the company in 2018. So, uh, about a year after the company started, yeah. uh, they had done a proof of concept here in St. Louis with some local homeowners and decided that it was, it was a really great idea. And then they wanted to, uh, they wanted to take it and turn it into a business. And that's what we did. You know, the un- unwritten benefit, if I can just share with you, one of my best friends in the world is about, uh, 15, 20 years older than I am. And the unwritten benefit uh, that it may not may be described in your website, but there is so much knowledge you can gain from talking to somebody who's already been down that road. So the companionship aspect is great for the uh, adult that is looking for a roommate, but the friendships that come along with this has to be just fantastic. We hear so many stories from, from both our homeowners and our seekers on both sides. You know, many of our homeowners even say, you know, having that young person in the house that has a completely different perspective on life. They're, they they have all different experiences and things like that. And so then being able to share those experiences with each other uh, has benefited them both greatly to where they'll have those memories for the rest of their life. Absolutely. You know, I, I, like I said, my, my dad, I, I wish he would, you know, do something like this because he, he gets out of the house. He'll just get out of the house just to get out of the house to go to the grocery store every day, goes to Walmart every day because he needs that social interaction uh, because he lives on his own. And this is a great way to have that social interaction within the confines of your home. And of course, I have to ask, has uh, has COVID been uh, a challenge for uh, people looking for rental places? Uh, or do you have, have you have you pivoted like everybody else and worked that in? Um, I, you know, I believe, uh, you know, uh, many, many, many businesses were affected by COVID and, yeah. and we were no exception, you know, uh, older, older adults, uh, having someone move into their home that they've never met before, you know, raised concerns and very early on in the pandemic, you know, everybody was very cautious as we figured out more about COVID and things like that. But as we have figured out more about it, how to be safe, uh, what safety guidelines to follow, 
uh, you know, we've been very committed to the safety of our roommates and, and been very forthcoming with information from the CDC and uh, even creating guides and, and, and some help, helpful documents for them to understand how to communicate with each other, how to get testing, um, you know, and how to be really aware of kind of their comings and goings. And, and it has worked really well. The homeowners that have had people move in with them, they felt very comfortable and safe. And, you know, we certainly believe that uh, with the vaccines coming out, that uh, those concerns will, again, uh, begin to be even more alleviated. For everybody, for everybody, really, I, I certainly hope so. So as soon as I was aware of your company, oddcoupleshousing.com, it, it, it just seemed like a wonderful, safe opportunity for people to find a place to live. Uh, because one thing that I learned about a couple of years ago, have you heard of this thing called couch surfing? Sure. You know about this. This is probably sure. another reason you wanted to be with your company because couch surfing is literally a website you can go to and people will let you sleep on their couch, like, I don't know, long-term or not, but it just seemed weird to me that people were doing that. So you got a thing here, I think. Yeah, yeah, we certainly do believe so. You know, and some of the things that we hear uh, from some of our homeowners too, I was just talking with a homeowner the other day and she said, you know, she thinks it's, uh, she said, I think it's a basic human need to have someone know every day how you're doing. Yeah. And she's just very thankful to have a roommate that's a part of her everyday life. So cool. So cool. Such a great honor to talk to you, Charlie. I, I really appreciate you sharing the information. And, uh, and, and are we talking, you have know, thousands of clients at this point, or is it, is it, is it a couple hundred people doing this or, or is it really catching on? Um, it's really catching on. You know, we have, like I said, we've been in business in St. Louis uh, since 2017. Um, really have had our online product available with homeowners signing up and seekers signing up uh, since 2019, whenever we released our, our new product that you can see online right now. Um, and we have, you know, we have hundreds of homeowners that are on there and, and probably twice as many seekers for people that are looking for homes. So we, uh, we plan to continue to grow in St. Louis and then branch out to other cities in the United States in the coming years. But at this time, it is only for the St. Louis area. Uh, currently that is where our match team is focused, uh, on attention. And then we are looking at opening up markets in Denver and Chicago in uh, 2020 as well. This may be a great alternative for a lot of people that are thinking right now, even, even, uh, kids that want to move out of their parents' house because they're so restricted. You might want to check out oddcoupleshousing.com. And that my friend is Charlie Eaton, chief product officer. Thank you so much for your time and joining us on KMOX. Thank you for having me. Now, in any other year, the Consumer Electronics Show is a draw, a huge draw, normally to Las Vegas. Well, this year, it is virtual, and we are going to talk with a representative who has uh, been involved with this virtual CES convention. Coming up next on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? 
we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. My name is Bo Matthews, and my wife would say that I'm a, I'm a techno nerd from way back. That's because I'm always looking for the next, I, and not that I own the next, uh, you know, newest and greatest uh, technology, but I'm always looking into it. And every year I look forward to the Consumer Electronics Show uh, because for decades, CES has marked the start of a new year, setting the tone for the industry with inspirational innovations, influential insights, and so I have a representative. She is the uh, Director of Event Communications at CES. Her name is Sarah Brown. Sarah, welcome to St. Louis and KMOX on our Bomberito Automotive Group guest line. How are you? Bo, thank you so much for having me. CES 2021 made history this week as the <laughs> largest digital tech industry event ever. So as you mentioned, we're typically in Las Vegas and nothing can quite compare to, to being there for a week or more. Uh, but the all digital event this week was a huge, huge success. Well, good. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's kind of sad because with all the headlines of the world, normally you guys are getting headlines on every news outlet. And so that's why I feel that we are very blessed to have you on to give us an insight of what you saw and maybe where we can direct listeners to go to to find out what we're going to talk about, too. Oh, yes. More than happy to do so. Okay. And one of the great things uh, about the CES 2021 all digital version is actually um, until February 15th, more than 100 hours of conference programming, all of the exhibitor showcase details, that'll all stay up on our digital venue um, up until that date of February 15th. So you've got plenty of time to check it all out. Okay. And and for the exhibitors, is there a lot of video content that we can go in and see some of the things that you got to see? Yes. So much video content. I mentioned those exhibitor showcases. That's kind of how we've imagined that typical exhibit show floor um, a feature. Um, lots of great, incredible video content. This year, CES 2021 was much more of a true broadcast experience. So definitely very easy to check it out online. Well, CES has definitely uh, uh, stepped it up. Uh, and we knew that you could because you have the electronics to do so. So what category do you want to start in? Do you have a favorite you want to go with? So the first thing that I do want to mention about this year, and this won't surprise you given everything going on in the world, but we saw so much technology helping uh, us to enable our new normal. So of course, given everything going on with the pandemic and COVID-19, we saw a lot of incredible digital health products. I'm, I'm happy to start there. Okay. Um, but we also saw a lot of products like touchless products in your home and outside your home. I even saw a doorbell um, that 
will will take the temperature of your guests before they let people enter. So a lot of products surrounding um, the, the COVID-19 pandemic to, to help make our lives easier and more seamless. I think a lot of companies have had to pivot and uh, and in safety, number one, because of this pandemic that's been going on. Um, and, and of course, you know, we've been hearing about big tech headlines concerning politics lately. And we'll stay away from that because this is about the products that are being offered to make the world a better place. Would you agree? I absolutely do agree. <laughs> or we could talk <laughs> politics. We could do that if you want to, Sarah. You know what? I'm going to stick to all the really cool things that, <laughs> that people saw at CES, um, <laughs> like the home robots from Samsung. Um, Samsung on their media day on January 11th, so two really cool uh, robots, um, one called the JetBot AI Plus. It's essentially a smart vacuum cleaner. And then one called the Bot Handy, um, which is which is basically a robot that, that helps you around the house. So um, right back to that home focus, lots of smart home, lots of smart office this year. Well, I think a lot of us have seen the commercials with the, uh, the screen on the, on the refrigerators and they're smart and you can look in there and find out what you need to get the, at the grocery store. But these robots, it makes me think of the Robin Williams movie, God rest his soul, uh, way back bicentennial man. Did you ever see that? Oh gosh, yes, a, a while ago. I, I love Robin Williams, and and that's absolutely true. And one of the things that we kept hearing from exhibitors was that a lot of these technologies were just accel- accelerated forward so quickly based on on need and demand, and and all of these consumers really adapting and accepting these technologies. I mean, I think of of uh, video calling and and how many people. Went from never doing a video call before to you know sometimes doing multiple video calls per day. So there was a lot of technologies like that 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 we saw at CES this year. Well, and we certainly saw over the holidays, you know, families coming together on Zoom calls or FaceTime calls, and it was it just takes the sting out of missing somebody. Um, but I will tell you that, and I guess maybe as a young kid, I realized, oh my goodness, technology is what I want to follow. And I, I, I think I was about eight years old. I was at our local mall in Minnesota and there was a TV, like a big old thick black and white TV. And then there was a telephone and my buddies on the other one, about 50 feet from me. And I could see him and talk to him. And I remember there was a place card that said, uh, by this date, you will, this will be the norm. And, and I, so I worked out the math. Okay. By the time I'm 35, years old this will be coming on board and sure enough it was actually a little bit ahead of that but wow it's just amazing what you can do with a facetime call checking on family checking on uh, you know your pets even uh it's just i it, mean it's just amazing it certainly is. And, you know, I have two little ones at home, a three-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. My parents live across the country from me. I'm in D.C. there in California. And my even my littlest one can, you know, really stay in touch with my parents through that phone screen and ask for them. And when they come in person, it hasn't been for a while, of course, with everything going on, but they know them and they want to hug them. And it's just this great way to stay connected, even, even for the littlest among us so, and, and and go ahead sorry go ahead, you go no, ahead. well no i was, I was just <laughs> going to say one one little faux pas that i that i one thing that aggravates me is when somebody is on a facetime call and i'm hoping you you can tell me that somebody's got this technology but a lot of times they're looking at themselves on the screen so it doesn't look like they're looking 
at you in the camera. When will they get the camera within the screen property? So when you're looking at your screen and looking at your own hairdo and, and, and who you're talking to, when will that come around? Because I've always, I was, I put a little sticker next to my camera that says, look here. So I'm, I'm looking in the camera instead of at the screen. Cause then it doesn't look like I'm looking at them. I know it's such a human interaction, you know, natural instinct to want to either, <laughs> quite frankly, look at yourself or or look at the person you're talking to. Um, exactly. So, yes, there there are a lot of people have that sticky note reminder that says, look into the camera. Um, <laughs> yes. Is that technology know, that, moving? I mean, do, do you know if that, you know, or are, are people just hearing about these, you know, aggravations and they're thinking, OK, we can invent that. I think we can look to CES 2022 to see if the, that next iteration of the video call <laughs> make, makes it to our, our screens 100%. Based on our, our phone call right now. Uh, exactly. Someone's getting inspired, I can tell. So my guest is Sarah Brown. She's the Director of Events uh, Communications with CES. Um, let's talk about uh, health right now. He- a lot of health innovations that you came out uh, that you got to see this year. Tell me what you saw that was most impressive. So we saw a lot of disinfection and mask technology in addition to health technology. One tiny but mighty product that I wanted to mention, it's called the BioButton. It's from a company called BioIntellisense, and it just sticks right onto the skin, and it continuously monitors for things like heart rate, respiratory rate, temperature, and then it analyzes that data and can give you early warning signs of COVID-19. It actually stays on your skin for 60 days. It costs only $60. So basically just $1 a day for continuous monitoring. As I mentioned, very tiny, um, but highly critical uh, innovation right now. I love that one. I think it's so simple, um, but, but serves just such a great purpose. And is that a prototype or is that actually in market now? It's already in market. You can purchase it now. Um, and, you know, I, I mentioned mask technology. We we saw a lot of really cool smart masks from, from most of the big exhibitors, actually. Um, and we saw a lot of disinfection lights, um, you know, using that UVC uh, disinfection technology. Um, one of these lights I, I came across was from a company called Targus. Um, and essentially, it turns on for five minutes once per hour and then your entire uh, immediate area it's really great for like an individual workstation is disinfected from things like mold viruses of course bacteria um to give you that peace of mind that that area you're in is is free of 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 anything that may harm you at Christmas time, uh, my father's very hard to buy for. He's in Jersey. I'm in St. Louis. So I wanted to send him a little something. And I was at the hardware store, and they had a little handheld UVC blue light thing. And when I sent that to him, and he opened it up on Christmas, he was so impressed because he's all, you know, he's an older guy. So he's, you know, always worried about germs and, you know, the COVID. And, uh, and he was so happy to get that. I said, Dad, just use it. Put it on your phone. Use it on your steering wheel, whatever. And he was so happy. So that those technologies are uh, rolling out. And, boy, hats off to the company that has spearheaded that technology to basically keep the human race safer. Absolutely. And, and obviously those types of technologies are really important for the individual, but also for places like restaurants, for 
corporate offices and just to keep us keep us keeping on for sure. Um, so so yeah, it was really great to see all of that. None of that was a surprise, of course. Um, and one of the things that that is always so interesting to me is to think about those uh, advancements and think how much of this was partially in development before wow. the pandemic hit, and then you know what really got pushed over the finish line because of everything going on in the world. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it, it was really kind of inspiring to see how the technology industry has really stepped up to, to help us live better right now. Okay, we're talking about the CES Virtual 2021 convention that has uh, happened, and, uh, and Sarah Brown is my guest. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about the subject that I've been talking about for years, and I know that there's a big headline when it comes to the flying cars. So we'll uh, take this break, and we'll come right back with hopefully some answers about flying cars next on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. All right, my guest is Sarah Brown. She's the Director of Event Communications with CES, and it happened virtually this week. And so we've been talking about different innovations and different creations and inventions that have come out. And this is a a part of the uh, year that everybody's excited because they want the newest phone, but they also want other things. We are discovering there's a lot of smart people coming together with some great inventions, great ideas. But uh, let's start off the conversation this segment with the flying cars. I saw a headline about a flying car and I believe it was a Cadillac brand. Can you talk to that at all? So, you know, one of the really cool things about CES is that we have more than 2,000 exhibitors, some of them launching 30-plus products at the show. Um, I think that you are talking about a a self-driving Cadillac concept announced by Mary Barra from GM. But the two main themes this year from an automotive perspective at CES were electric vehicles and that self-driving. And in in the years past, we have seen a lot of really cool uh, flying car concepts. Um, And in addition to that, companies like Mercedes launched their... um, they're what they're calling their hyper screen. So it's essentially the dashboard of their car and the entire dashboard is a touchscreen with specific experiences and entertainment, even just for the passenger. Um, so I think, you know, it's not just about how the car is driving. Um, it's about all the time that we're, we're, we're spending in it, of course. Yeah. You know, uh, and I did jump off of the, the flying car cause I, w- I kept waiting for the flying car thing. And I got away from that when I, when when I heard about the self-driving cars, which we've already, we've got some of those driving assist cars that are out there. Tesla is famous for a lot of those. Um, uh, and was Tesla uh, involved with CES this year? Not this year, but one of the really cool things that I wanted to make sure to mention while we stayed on this topic, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway came with their Indianapolis Autonomous Challenge. And basically, it was a fully autonomous race car. And they gave a, a little example of that in their Media Day presentation on January 11th, and it was incredible. Um, so if you can imagine car racing without the drivers. <laughs> okay, well, what's the point? No, it's, it, it reminds me of the battle bots, you know, I mean, it, it, it is just crazy. So um, is it rare that Tesla would not be involved uh, in, in this show? They've been there before, right? 
Um, I believe so, but but you know, some some companies choose to make their big announcements at their own events, and, and that's that's been Telcel over the past couple. Okay, of years. so as far as the self-driving cars, can you tell us about some of that technology because that seems to be moving really quick. Yes, it's been a major trend at CES for at least, you know, three to five years. Um, and in this year, really spotlighted how that technology ecosystem has expanded. Um, so, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, I mentioned that Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and you mentioned GM, we even saw self-driving technology within caterpillar uh, machinery, huge autonomous hauling trucks. So, you know, one of the big themes that we've seen at CES, um, actually starting with automotive, is that companies coming to CES go well beyond just traditional tech companies. So it started with automotive companies, um, digital health companies followed, um, and just companies that you would never expect to see at CES are now there. Um, And Caterpillar and John Deere are really great examples of that. And what I love to see, especially as companies that have been around for, you know, 50 years or more, using CES as a platform to show how their companies are evolving to stay relevant. Absolutely. And and those machines, I've operated some of them, and they are very dangerous, especially if you get into a position that's really bad. It makes me think of a story years and years ago, I was watching a program, I think it was like Jacques Cousteau Underwater with Alan Alda. Remember, Alan Alda was the actor, and he was in the the sphere that went into the ocean, and they were down on a, on a cable, right? So I'm just going to just try and paint this picture. But they're down in the sphere, dangerously close to about 200 feet below sea level, and Alan Alda is watching the closed-circuit TV of the cameras that are on the outside of it, and Jacques Cousteau says, well, what are you doing? He goes, well, I'm looking at what you're looking at. He goes, we have windows right here, little portals. And, and they like looked at each other like, why are we risking our lives down here? We could do this remotely from the boat deck and see what's going on. So to the uh, to the accolades of, of Caterpillar and those companies that are doing these construction equipment, uh, you know, the autonomous ones, this is the smartest thing because it is so dangerous and humans don't need to be a part of it. Well, not, not, not in the machine anyway. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and drones, the huge explosion of drones for, you know, for everything from <laughs> photography to, um, you know, actually helping to, to, you know, fix machinery uh, up high or down below, um, you know, have, have really exploded. And, and we've seen so much of that at CES over the years. Okay. So I want to ask you, uh, you know, because they always say, Ooh, you, if you get uh, a subject on kids or pets, um, you can get somebody's attention. Are there any new technologies for children or for pets uh, that that came out this year? So, as I mentioned, I have a, a one and a half year old and a three year old, um, <laughs> and kids these days love technology. I mean, they just do. They see a screen and they're absolutely mesmerized. One of the cool things I saw came from Verizon. It's an it's an update, and it's called the Gizmo Watch. And basically what it is, is a smartwatch geared specifically for kids. So what you can do with this watch is you can program 10 contacts. They can send them texts, voice calls, voice notes. Uh, It's super durable, um, very easy to use, completely waterproof. Um, And it, of course, has 
for the parents, um, parental controls, GPS tracking, and for the kids, um, like our smartwatches, step tracking so they can keep track of their health. And I just absolutely loved it. I, I was just telling my wife, we have an indoor-outdoor cat, and I keep telling my wife, the best workout is for me to get my shoes on and follow this cat everywhere it goes when it leaves the house. Um, and, and I actually joked about a, a, a pedometer for our, our cat. Because then we would find out how far that little guy has really gone off to, you know. Um, and- I think he would he would put our steps to shame. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? So uh, before we let you go, Sarah, is there anything, any technology concerning pets that you got to see? Because everybody loves their pets. You know, I would have to really think about that. Um, You know, one of the things I can't wait to do, a lot of times the week of CES, our team is just so, so busy. We don't have a chance to see everything. But I mentioned this before. What I can't wait to do is go back into that digital venue. And it's incredibly searchable and personalized. I definitely want to search for a couple uh, more kid tech updates. Um, But I'll definitely make sure to, to see what's new at when it, where it comes to, to pets. I don't have any myself, so I haven't given it a close look yet. Okay, well, that's fair. That's fair. So what I'd like to do now is I would just like you to make sure it's clear that everybody that's listening to this program and listening to our conversation and our podcast, that uh, we know where to go so we can actually see what was at the CES 2021 virtual event. Well, please do make sure you go to ces.tech. That is our homepage. Um, If you are a registered attendee, you can click on the button that says digital venue. Um, There's a hundred plus hours of conference programming, exhibit showcases from nearly 2,000 exhibitors, and much more. Um, So make sure you check it out. There's lots of other great videos to check out on the website as well. Um, And that will be available until February 15th. Okay. Again, the website one more time, please. CES.tech.com. Dot tech. Oh, dot tech. Oh, tech is the. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> See, you know what? I'm not as advanced as I thought I was. Okay. CES. You know what? I've been impressed with your knowledge. So you're, <laughs> you're not giving yourself enough credit. CES.tech. That's it. Just go there. That is it. Sarah, thank you so much. And maybe we can talk in uh, 2022 about what we discover in the new year. Okay. I would love that. Thank you so much for having me. We really appreciate it. We can't wait to be back in Vegas for CES 2022. Oh, from your lips to God's ears. Thank you so much, Sarah. <laughs> Coming up next, Thanks we're going to talk. We're going to talk with Mike Elam. He has uh, just been named to the St. Charles County Council uh, as the District Three Chairman for 2021. We'll talk to him next on the Voice of St. Louis KMOX. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
It's the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. My name is Bo Matthews, and, you know, after being in St. Louis since 1988, I've, I've come into contact with people through this industry of radio, and, uh, of course, I'm still in radio, but a lot of my, my former colleagues have gone on to greater and bigger things and greater and bigger missions, like my buddy Mike Elam. And congratulations to Mike. He uh, was just named the District 3 Chairman for 2021 in St. Charles County Council. Mike, welcome back to KMOX and back to my show. How are you, man? Thank you, Bo. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, I'm one of the lucky ones that um, made it out, although I'm I'm honored to be part of the alumnus of KMOX and and doing some time there. And uh, it's good to know that folks like Steve Moore are still on board and fighting the good fight and that uh, you're in talk radio now, which I just love. We're, we're, it's good we're, to have a, a voice of reason there. Well, I don't know about that. We're, we're all trying to figure it out right now. But, you know, St. Charles has such a huge population outside of the uh, 270 loop, if you will, uh, probably one of the biggest populations in our metro. And you're right in there. Uh, you, you work and live in the St. Charles area, and you're part of the county council. Tell me what are some of the great things that are going on in St. Charles for people that, you know, may live in the city and thinking, you know what, maybe maybe I want to move to St. Charles. You know what, if you want to move to St. Charles, we would love to have you. Um, <laughs> we are, even with all the growth that St. Charles has seen over the last 30 years, which has really been unprecedented, we are still the fastest growing county in the state of Missouri. That does not and shock me at all. It, it's just exciting. I mean... There's so many opportunities and we have so many folks that for a long time, they moved out to St. Charles because you could get a bigger house with a bigger piece of land, but the jobs just weren't here. So you're still going across the bridge to go to work. So a lot of folks moved out to St. Charles to live, but they were working back in St. Louis City or St. Louis County. Right. And nothing against the city or the county. Don't don't hear something I'm not saying. Oh no 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 I no. Start that fight. No, no but but even I'm just saying. No, anybody listening, don't but, don't hear something I'm not saying. They're they're great places, but in St. Charles County, over the last twenty years, especially, we've been able to uh, attract employers. We've been able to grow small businesses. Uh, always encouraging people who have that entrepreneurial spirit to reach out there and start your own job, follow your own passion, turn a hobby into a career if you want to. And we would love for you to do it in St. Charles. And that's happened a lot. So where we used to have, you know, as much as 60 to 65% of our population driving out of the county every day to go to work, now we're, we're down to around 40% that still drives out of the county. But we've got a lot that's happened here. And I would tell you a big part of that has to do with our Economic Development Council uh, that Scott Drocknick is the uh, president of. And they do a fantastic job with our job incubator program. And they were the leader in the state of Missouri in 504 small business loans again this year. Uh, to the so, tune of millions, right? Yes. And I, I think that's really the key is making sure that we can be there as some sort of, of government function, whether it's county government, municipal government, um, uh, government support. We're out here in this county. We tend to be very conservative, which I'm very happy about, despite the temperature of politics these days. Oh, I'm very proud of our county. And we have a lot of people, for the most part, that are good, common sense, 
man, I just want to make a living and raise my family in good schools, safe neighborhoods, and I want you to leave me alone. And we do our best to try and honor that. But whenever you need help, whenever you need support, we need to have the programs that are in place. And with the help of the EDC and a lot of great economic development directors uh, in municipalities all over our county, we've been able to grow this thing from St. Charles out to Wentzville and all places in between. So that's why I think St. Charles County is doing so well right now. Well, and, and you know what? It's just information for people. Talk to me about how you guys are doing this, how you are keeping the unemployment numbers down, uh, if that's part of what you know about. Finding those resources that are there to help you um, follow your passions, grow your business, but not get in the way in terms of over-restrict you with government regulations, trying to figure out ways to not only cut our local government red tape, but help you get through state government or federal government, find you the grants, find you the loan programs, and try to come alongside and support you. And that's been a big part of it. But you're you're right when you talk about the fact of we have, thanks to COVID, actually, we've really moved into a whole new world of opportunity for people. Sure. Where you can live where you want to live in many cases these days because you don't have to make that trek into the office. And I think what you may see is a lot more folks choosing to relocate to the Midwest from the coast. And um, you see, it's amazing how many people story. are moving to the flyover states. Oh, yeah, we, we've been here all along. Now, um, right. uh, you did a post uh, that I mentioned the numbers on uh, for the Missouri Job Center of St. Charles County, and you guys have pivoted and you know are doing virtual job fairs and things like that. So that's got to add to uh, making sure people can get the work where they can get it, right? It does, and, and that's part of the thing of um, noticing trends and figuring out what can we do to try and help those trends uh, help our citizens who are here. I mean, we're lucky enough to have uh, St. Charles Community College is a fantastic community college, and they have a ton of programs that they have been able to put together, not just your traditional college programs, but vocational programs are coming along. And yeah. They have welding programs and things like that that they can help you do. So it's not just people who need college degrees to get employment, but it's taking advantage of all the needs in the trades and helping those people who want to be uh, a pipe fitter, a, a welder, a plumber, an electrician, a carpenter. Uh, I just talked to a guy the other day with the Carpenters District Council, and he said right now they are so busy. They're working mandatory overtime, and he is short over 60 full-time guys Isn't that, amazing? that he needs right now. So I think that's the other part of just being open to new thoughts, new ideas, um, but kind of going back to that, you can live where you want to live. The sure. great part about living in those flyover states and, and particular Missouri and St. Charles County is the cost of living is really reasonable here. We have one of the lowest cost of livings in the entire country, but we also have some of the best schools. We also have some of the best neighborhoods. I talked about um, the best schools and the safest neighborhoods. I talked about the community college. We also are lucky enough to have Lindenwood University. Oh, of course. Uh, Huge. The second oldest university west of the Mississippi next to SLU. Uh, SLU was first. Lindenwood was second. A lot of people don't realize that. Tons of heritage that are, are in this county. I mean, 
St. Charles City was the first capital in the state of Missouri. What? So, I didn't know that. Yeah. Did you not? I, so, no, yeah. I didn't. As a matter of fact, for the first probably 100 years of the state of Missouri, um, the power really stayed or came out of St. Charles County. Not just when the capital was here, but when the capital did move, you had a lot of your power players who were here in St. Charles County. Um, our county executive, Steve Elman, has written a couple of books about that and just talking about all of the the power that was in St. Charles over the years that has helped guide Missouri to where it is. But I think when you're looking at the stories that you keep seeing day in and day out of people fleeing these other states because they're they're just heavy-handed government that they're coming in with. Like you see how many people are leaving New York, how many oh my goodness. Yeah, are leaving they're, they're, California. It's insane. We're happy to have them come to St. Charles County. They're looking <laughs> for a new place. What a, what a salesman. What a salesman. Yeah, a lot of people have moved into Florida and gotten out of New York. And, I mean, there's like 30% of the apartments in New York that have been evacuated, basically, or been, you know, abandoned uh, to move to other parts of the country. Uh, Texas is getting a lot of them. Hey, St. Charles, St. Louis, we're, we're here, too. Uh, we are That's ta- right. We are talking with Mike Elam. He is on the St. Charles County Council and has been named the chairman for 2021 and a dear friend of mine for many years. Uh, two questions before we let you go. How long have you been okay. in politics and how long have you been living in St. Charles? So I've been in St. Charles since 1992. Wow. Um, my wife, Jennifer, is a Maryland Heights girl. She's a Pattonville pirate. So um, <laughs> I relocated her out of Maryland Heights and um, we first went to St. Peter's, and then we uh, moved on out to Darden Prairie a little bit later on. So uh, love living out here. I was appointed to the county council in April of 2013 when Nancy Matheny uh, relocated herself out of the district, and uh, she had to uh, step down, and I was lucky enough to get that appointment, and then I was reelected in 2014 and 2018, and this is the second time the council members have been kind enough to honor me by naming me as chairman. Well, so, and I was, I was very pleased that our vote went very smoothly. We didn't make the news with anything going on. So I was, I was very excited. We tend to, uh, one of the nice things about living in St. Charles County in terms of government, um, we have a lot of great mayors in St. Charles County and the mayors are really great to work with and they work with the county hand in hand and our municipalities and our county government more times than not, have a seamless relationship and uh, we come along and support each other where we can. And the page extension is a great example of that. It never would have been done, at least not yet. It, it never would have happened the way it did if we didn't have unselfish cities uh, giving up some of the federal money that they could have gotten for roads sure. and giving it to this project and making it happen because they saw the overall benefit to the county was enormous. And man, it's made a difference traveling out there for somebody that doesn't live in St. Charles. But when I go, it's, that's, that's my route. That is my absolute route. It is. That is Mike Elam. Thank you so much for joining me on KMOX, buddy. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you. Big thanks to Mike Elam out in St. Charles. My name is Bo Matthews. Stick around. Coming up next, we've got a bow on the go stop and we're going to Jefferson County next on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bare man. I breathe the-
It's the voice of St. Louis KMOX, and this is a Bo on the Go Stop. My name is Bo Matthews. I'm at the Rock Township Ambulance District, house number four in Jefferson County, with Chief Jerry Appleton. Chief, how are you, sir? Doing well, Bo. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I've heard uh, it through the grapevine a couple of months ago, your ambulance district got hit with COVID-19, as, as in the paramedics. Uh, give me some background on what happened there. Yeah, so obviously we get exposed to COVID uh, on a daily basis, and we take every precaution we can to make sure our folks are are safe and healthy uh unfortunately uh we were just one of the unlucky groups and uh, i guess during a training session is about the best we can come up with uh we got some exposures and we come down with 10 folks got it all within a week of each other and how are they all doing everybody's doing great now everybody's back to work uh, it was a little rough for a little while and it, it is kind of scary because you guys are in the healthcare industry. You are the tip of the spear, so you got to rush into houses and and you know you got to take care of people, and you don't know what you're walking into. Um, and now we, we, the, the good news is there's a vaccine. We're getting that out there. They're unrolling that out across the country little by little. But I just want to make sure your staff was you know back to back to normal. And thanks to everybody who had to work overtime to cover everybody, right? Yeah, a lot of overtime going on. A lot of uh, folks. Uh, uh, here against their will, uh, so, but uh, yeah, uh, everybody's healthy and doing great, and, and thankfully nobody really serious. Okay, what's the, I know last time we talked, you had uh, you were building another ambulance house for Rock Township. Tell me what the update is on that. Yeah, we've got two house projects going on right now. One uh, located on Hickory Square in Arnold. Uh, that one's uh, we're looking at a substantial completion of around the end of April. Uh, the other one is in Fenton at Corner and Roman Creek. And uh, that one's a little bit later uh, because of weather and COVID has kind of pushed it off. We're looking at September. But it's in the process. Oh, yeah. We're, we're moving forward. And you guys cover how many square miles about? 108. That's all a lot. Northeast part of the county is all ours. And that's Arnold. That's uh, High Ridge. Well, we don't do the high, go to High Ridge. We're doing uh, Arnold, Barnhart, Imperial, uh, parts of House Springs. Uh, Festus. No, we don't go as far as Festus, but we do uh, hit the northern part of Hillsboro. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, uh, you know, just catching up with you, you know, talking about different updates you've got going on. And I don't know why, but I walk by these AED machines, and I see them. I know they're there. I have no idea how to, how to use one if somebody's having a, a heart attack or something. And you started to explain to me that they are so easy to operate. And you've got uh, your assistant. I don't know. What, what, you're not the assistant. What's no. your name? My name is Nikki Bain, and I'm a paramedic here at Rock Township. Okay, so she's part of this interview. We're going to talk to her about something really cool that I want to tell you about. But you're versed in the in the AED machine uh, on the on the ambulance, right? That's correct. We actually have manual defibrillators. The AED that you're talking about is automated. It's for um, public use. It's voice um, activate, not voice activated. Voice uh, guided. Voice guided. That's correct. Yeah. So it tells you everything that you need to do. So when people know something's going on, there's, you know, somebody's having a heart attack or whatever. We've all seen these machines and I walk back and I'm like, man, I hope nobody has anything going on right this moment as I walk by the machine. But what we've done here, since we're at the ambulance house, um, I just wanted to give you an idea of what it sounds like hypothetically, theoretically, somebody goes down, something's happening, you grab the AED machine from the box, and then what do you do? Well, the first thing is remain calm. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, no, I think the guy tells us that, doesn't it, it he? It does. Actually, it does. Uh, but, Bo, this is so simple, even Bo can do this. So <laughs> Thanks, uh, buddy. Yeah. So okay. you just basically, when you open up the machine, it's going to tell you, prompt you everything to do. Okay. Stay calm. Follow these instructions. Make sure 911 is called now. Begin by exposing patient's bare chest. Remove or cut clothing if needed. 
So when you, patient's chest is bare, remove the white square package from lid of AED. I mean, literally, step by step, it's so easy. Tear open white package across dotted line and remove pads. So what we're looking for here is just to be able to place these pads onto the patient. It shows you exactly where to push them, put to place them, and then uh, it will guide you through whether or not this patient's going to need a shock or just CPR at that point. Begin pulling from the tabbed corner. And this whole time you're to be doing CPR. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. You can you can stop the process, right? Okay, by shutting the lid. Okay. So you know we've all seen it in t on TV shows or movies where they put the pads on the chest and then they shock them and you know and clear and all that stuff. That's what this thing is doing. And these things are everywhere. Every bowling alley, restaurant, they're just all over the place. And there's proof. A lot of people have been saved by these, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Your out-of-hospital survival rate goes up substantially with bystander CPR and quick access to AED use. And while that uh, machine was talking, Jerry, you said, or no, I'm sorry, Nikki, you said, while you're going through this process, you should be making compressions on the Absolutely. chest. Absolutely. That's the most important part of out-of-hospital survival for cardiac arrest. It's such a life-saving tool, and they're everywhere now. Well, while we're here on this bow and the go stop, I, I do want to talk to Nikki specifically about a special program that you are heading up. It's called STARS. That's correct. Okay, now tell me about what STARS is. So STARS stands for Special Needs Tracking <laughs> Awareness and Response System. We so this is a program that was actually originated here at Rock Township approximately six years ago. The paramedic who initiated it has actually moved on. It is a program that is now sponsored and funded by Cardinal Glennon. And what does it do? So what it does is it takes our special needs pediatric population, the complex medical kids, the kids who are on ventilators, who have um, kind of disorders and syndromes that we aren't necessarily familiar with. We know how to treat heart attacks. We know how to treat you know, difficulty breathing, correct. Yeah. But there are a lot of medical issues that we are not trained in. There are things that, you know, children are being saved earlier and earlier, and that's not without complications. So these children are on ventilators at home. And being able to identify these children in our population and being able to develop a pre-plan prior to being called for an emergency is kind of the point of this program. We want to be able to have our paramedics familiar with these patients before we, running a pediatric call is stressful in and of itself. So, so in a real world situation, have you used the STARS program in your job as a paramedic so far? Absolutely, okay. actually my son's in the program. Oh, that's right. Jerry yeah. told me he was star number one. He was. He was the very first star in this program. My goodness. Okay, so in a real, okay, other than your son, a right. real world situation, you get the call, you jump in the ambulance, you're on your way. Yes. During the time that it takes you to get there is when you're getting this information. Is that correct? Absolutely. Each child in the database is assigned a number, and that number is given to us by dispatch. Uh, so they tell us we're running on star. 300. Right. So we are able to pull up their pre-plan and know all of their information prior to us even getting to their home. That's so we amazing. Can, we can plan out our treatment course before we even get to their home. Well, congratulations on heading up this program. Again, not nationwide, but it's definitely in the region. And it was created here. It was created here. And the paramedic, Trish Casey, she runs the program out of Glennon. And she does a fantastic job keeping everybody updated and informed. That's amazing. Nikki, super mom, paramedic, <laughs> and mom of ch star child number one. One. Yes, that's, that's right. Well, Jerry, thank you for the time on this bow and the go stop here at the ambulance house number four. You know, for the people that think, okay, I don't know if this is a 911 situation. They're on the fence. Do they call 911 or do they call your non-emergency number? 
What do you recommend? If you're on the fence and you think that you should call 911, just go ahead and call. Yeah. Uh, our staff will come out and we'll evaluate you and, you know, we'll kind of go from there. But if you you, you delay care, uh, they, the old saying is time is muscle. Um, what we don't want you to do is sit at home uh, with an emergency worrying about it uh, when we could have had you already treated and taken care of. I haven't had COVID, but, you know, everybody I've talked to, I, I, you know, they're like, I don't know if I should go to the hospital. I'm like, listen to your body. Listen to your body and pay attention. Don't ignore things because that could cost your life. Yeah, just because you have COVID doesn't necessarily mean that you have an emergency. Sure. Uh, you know, speak to your physician. Uh, talk to them. You can call the nurses line, the uh, the hotline that the state has set up. They'll they'll guide you through some stuff. But really, the shortness of breath, um, any chest pain, things like that that you may develop, um, you know, stuffy nose and a headache is not an emergency. Um, and like I said, just uh, use your common sense, I guess. Right. But if you feel it's necessary, just you can give us a call. Absolutely. All right, Jerry, Nikki from the Rock Township Ambulance District, thank you very much for your time. And this, my friends, is a bow on the go stop in Jefferson County on the Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to uh, go down the rabbit hole of the term woke. You've heard it for the last couple of years, but how long has that term been around? We'll talk with John Launius from VidZoo Media coming up next on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Censorship, wokeness, political correctness, it all points in one direction, authoritarianism cloaked as moral righteousness. Similar to what we're seeing at Twitter and Facebook and Apple and on too many university campuses today. It's not who we are. It's not who we are as Americans. And it's not what Voice of America should be. It's time that we simply put wokeism to sleep. So that is Mike Pompeo at The Voice of America. And that comment that he made during that perked up my ears. And I oftentimes think about the term woke. We've been hearing it for a while. Uh, Last couple of years, it seems like it's just been, you know, uh, popularized. You're hearing it on mainstream media. So if you've ever looked it up, I can tell you Wikipedia's definition is alert to injustice in society, especially racism. That that's the term woke. Um, And wokeism is kind of a version of that that Mike Pompeo used. But uh, and we've heard this, like I said, for a couple of years, but a couple of, uh, about a year ago, uh, I had a guest on my show, John Launius from VidZoo Media, and he wrote a book and it is entitled The Life and Times of Missouri's Charles Parsons. And I have uh, John on the phone with me right now to just talk about the term woke, because in his book, he mentions a group in the 1800s called the Wide Awakes. John, welcome back to KMOXer. How are you? Bo, thank you. How are you, sir? You are a wealth of knowledge. You are like my encyclopedia, and you don't even know it, but I I hit you with some of the oddest questions. Um, But I wanted to ask you about, well, the success of your book has been phenomenal. As a matter of fact, you said, uh, you texted me the other day, said it was going into a second printing. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, we're we're totally excited about that. It's been been very well received. Um, You know, it's found readers all over the planet. Thousands of people have read it. And uh, it's interesting because it's like, you know, at first people are like, well, I don't know who Charles Parsons is. Why would I care about somebody from Missouri? But when you read his life and times and you see the impact that he made on business and art and finance and that he was best friends with General Sherman and General Grant and, you know, made a huge difference during the Civil War. It becomes an incredible story that everybody has really been gravitating towards. Well, I can tell you this, that I did do a little bit of research, and it says about the term woke, 
Uh, it derives from the African-American vernacular English expression, stay woke, whose grammatical aspect refers to a continuing awareness of these issues. And this is where I want you to listen very carefully. First used in the 1940s. The term has resurfaced in recent years as a concept that symbolizes perceived awareness of social issues and movement. Well, a version of that is the wide awakes. And when I read that those words in your book, it caught my attention because we've all been hearing about woke, uh, being woke, stay woke. And that goes back a long time because your book is centered around uh, Charles Parsons' life, which was in the 1800s, right? Correct. Yeah. Charles Parsons lived from 1824 uh, to 1905. And pursuant to the whole idea of wide awakes, Charles Parsons joined the wide awake movement, which was originally a youth organization and then later was a paramilitary organization that was promoting the the Republican Party, which was relatively new because it started in 1854 with a radical by the name of Abraham Lincoln and, and a couple other people. Wow. Um, the, 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 the wide awakes were really about um stopping the expansion of slavery and putting someone like Abraham Lincoln into uh, the office of the presidency. Um, as you may know, the the Republican Party was started in 1854 as a reaction to the, to the Kansas-Nebraska Act, which was looking to continue to expand slavery throughout the United States as, as more states came into the Union. And so when you think about it for a moment, if the wide awakes would not have put Abraham Lincoln into office, slavery would have continued for who knows how long. And maybe and, still today. And maybe still we right. don't we don't know. Yeah. And so so you have to understand that the 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 wide awake movement gave northern um, young men essentially for that time, you know, a, a much needed a, a much needed identity. To, to, to really be able to make a positive difference. Because you have to think back that in, in the 1850s, you know, it was normal. S- slavery was accepted. I mean, the, the, the idea now that slavery would be accepted on any level is just, is just demonstrative. And it's so, horrendous, yes. Yeah, and so, so when, you, when you think about this whole idea of woke and being wide awake, you know, this started essentially in 1860, um, where you you had a, a number of people really, you know, wanting to make a huge difference and stop slavery and and really begin to to give everyone human rights. So, th- here's a question: Is is the wide awakes of the 1860 era similar to the woke crowd of today, or um, or is it a different group? Well, it it, it, it there are very similar aspects in that. It, the the Republicans of the 1860s are not the Republicans of today, meaning that meaning that in the 1860s the Republicans were the progressives. They were the ones that you know that that wanted to stop slavery, that that wanted to to, to bring in uh, civil and 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 human rights. When you think about you know the idea of the Civil War, if the South would have won, slavery would have continued. In addition to that. Um, we would not have had the right to vote. And what I mean by that is that if you look at the amount of men in the South that that died during the Civil War, women had to step up. They they, they had to take on new roles. And then so you begin to see uh, a whole change in America because of the Civil War, not just fighting for slavery. 
Well, in, in one article that I read, it says, by the midpoint of the 1860 campaign, Republicans bragged that they had wide-awakes chapters, or wide-awake chapters in every county of every northern free state, which to me is amazing because, again, uh, there's one reference that says the woke term started in, you know, in the 1900s, 1940s or whatever. And, and, and I knew right away, as soon as I saw that, that that was absolutely wrong because there are similarities. In going back to the definition of uh, woke, according to the dictionary online, uh, you know, can you, can you believe everything you read? I don't know. But it, it is alert to injustice in society, especially racism. So here we are with the woke crowd that uh, it, it seems like Mike Pompeo's comment was actually wokeism was a negative, uh, certainly in, in, his, in his reference, in his comments. Yeah, I mean, I, I could definitely see that. But I mean, you know, the, the, the question really is this, you know, you can be a fiscal conservative, but you can also be very liberal in, 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 in what you want to create for your society. The question where we are now is that there's so much information out there is that there are many people who haven't taken a decade in studying the Civil War or who haven't taken a decade in literally studying anything to really understand what's true and what's not. And we've become so fragmented with, you know, our belief systems and our thoughts that, you know, it, it becomes muddied. And it so, does. you know, so the, the, the question is on one level, you know, how awake do you want to be for yourself and for your family and for your community? The way that we're being separated um, across political lines is just unfortunate for, for all of us. Yeah, it really is. And in the words of Jim Morrison, the late Jim Morrison, uh, those who control the media control the minds and these narratives that are pumped out there every day is, is actually frightening. And like you said, it's, it's separating us when we need to become united in this world. I mean, I've said it several times. Uh, I, I remember September 12, 2001, where this country felt like one against the enemy. And here we are 20 years later, almost, well, yeah, 20 years later, that it just seems so, so separated, so divisive. And it's just it's heartbreaking, actually, isn't it? Yeah. I, you know, I think that kind of circling back to what you talked about at the beginning of the interview about the popularity of the book, I said, what I think is interesting is that I've talked to both Republicans and Democrats who have, have read my book, and what they both come away from is how much Charles Parsons made a positive difference referencing what he called the common good. And so, you know, it, I think what's interesting about the book from a historical perspective is whether you agree or not with being a wide awake or being woke or being any of that, is that if, if you can work in the best interest of yourself and your family and your community, what begins to emerge is something beautiful. And with the breakdown of the family and with the breakdown of, of, of many things uh, across our society, you know, it's, it's become more and more difficult to, to develop connections. We, we may have a thousand friends on Facebook and on LinkedIn, but how many of those people do you actually talk to? Exactly. How many, how many have you seen face to face? That's, that's another question. Well, <laughs> well go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, and especially in, in, in the last year with the pandemic, but, you know, I think, I think the good thing that's going to come out of what's gone on uh, in, in the past few years, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican is that, you know, I think what, and, and also the pandemic is what's really important to you and what matters and what, and, and what's going to cause uh, all of us to really, you know, create common good for everyone so that we can all uh, benefit and, and value from, 
from the Constitution and from the Bill of Rights and 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 from from the American ideals. So well said. John Launius, he is the author of The Life and Times of Missouri's Charles Parsons Between Art and War. I recommend anybody to get this book and to read it. You will be you will be amazed at where we have been and where we have come to in this world. And it, it really was all about one guy and what he did. And John Launius, thank you so much for writing that book. But you're also the president of Vidzu Media. Uh, and on Facebook, I saw you explain what Vidzu mean. How did you come up with that name? Nobody's ever heard of Vidzu before. What, what, does, that, what does that mean? I, I, I love that. Um, you know, uh, our CEO uh, is a fantastic business person here in St. Louis does a lot of uh, great work um, for for a a lot of great organizations. And when we first met, um, he asked me one day, he said, you know, John, what does VidZoo mean? And I said, I don't know. You're the owner. What does it mean to you? (laughs) And he said, and he said, video is a zoo. And I said, "Uh, you know what? I not, not that I disagree with you. I said, but what if, and, and I speak Japanese, so you have to kind of understand that before I explain this. I said, I said, what if the V stood for velocity? What if vid stood for video? And what if zoo was a Japanese word to tell the story through pictures? He said, is it? And I said, absolutely. I said, so vid zoo media with velocity, we tell amazing stories through pictures. And we do that for incredible companies here in St. Louis and all around the world. And you can see our work at vidzu.com, V-I-D-Z-U.com. John, it's always a pleasure. Good to talk to you. We've got a few more thoughts to share with you coming up right after the break on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. It's The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. My name is Bo Matthews. And just a couple more thoughts before we wrap up the show. I thought it was ironic that last week we talked about a couple of things, including uh, delivery drivers. Uh, we talked to James Little, the guy that does the gig economy. He's been doing it for a long time, actually travels the country doing it. Uh, he works for DoorDash, Instacart, uh, uh, Uber, and Lyft, all these things. Um, and I found it very interesting. We had that conversation last week. We had the viral video of the delivery person for DoorDash that was upset with an $8 tip because she had to drive so far. You might remember that. If not, you can go back to last week's podcast of the show at KMOX.com and listen to that. It was pretty interesting, especially if you are considering getting into that business uh, or you are in that business. There's some just some great information to share. Well, this week in my inbox from my insurance company, they had an article that said, with so many restaurants restricted to takeout and delivery services, it's no surprise that they are hiring drivers to meet the demand. And if you are using your own car to deliver food, your personal auto insurance does not cover this exposure. The story goes on to say it is considered business use, as it is a higher risk and a business auto policy would be needed. Some companies, like DoorDash, say that they provide liability coverage while on active delivery. However, once the delivery has been made, coverage stops. Also, this would not cover damages to your own car, only damage or injury to the other party. Bottom line, there is no coverage on your personal auto policy before, during, or after the delivery of the food, so don't put yourself at risk. You might want to check in with your very own insurance company Uh, If you are in the gig economy, DoorDash, Instacart, Lyft, all those things, you might want to check into that just to make sure you are covered. Uh, The the old term is uh, CYA, right? And another story I wanted to share with you from World Changing Ideas, the question is how many people need to be vaccinated before COVID-19 transmission 
starts to drop. And experts say at least 50% of the U.S. likely will need to be vaccinated before the infection rate starts to drop, which is a frightening thing uh, considering how far we are already into this. But there are more complicated factors to consider. Uh, Talib Visram had this story, says, as with many other questions that still remain about the coronavirus, no one is precisely sure of the answer to one of the key questions. How many people will need to be vaccinated to achieve herd immunity, the threshold at which there are enough people immunized that it indirectly protects the rest of the yet unvaccinated public and fully end the pandemic we've all been living in? Well, in December, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases Director Anthony Fauci estimated that the cutoff was at least 75% and maybe closer to 85%. So the big question is, have you gotten the vaccine? Or are you wanting to get it, and how quickly can you get it? That's the other big question, right? But with cases and deaths now spiking to record numbers by the day, a more immediate target is the threshold at which enough people receive the shot that the rate of transmission begins to slow down. Experts are saying it's not clear yet when that might happen, especially when considering other factors such as the order of vaccine priority, like first responders and medical people and first responders, and more contagious variants of the virus that have been uh, developing. And at what level of vaccination should we see a downtick? And they say, we don't know, but they think it would have to be pretty high, says William Schaffner, a professor of preventative medicine and infectious diseases at Vanderbilt University Medical Center, who guesses it's going to require more than 50% of the population. So get in line if you are... uh, Thinking about getting the vaccine, it might be a good idea. This just means that vaccinations are fundamental to slowing transmissions, but that slowdown will also depend on which people are targeted. So, a lot of food for thought, but uh, if you are one that is excited about getting the vaccine, uh, keep checking. Keep checking your local medical facilities. Keep checking with your doctor to see when you can get it. Of course, the older population, and as I mentioned, the medical community that have been the tip of the spear in dealing with this pandemic that's been going on around the world for way too long. There's still a lot we don't know, but vaccinations is definitely, sounds like, is the key. My name is Bo Matthews, and that's going to wrap it up for me. If you've missed any part of the show or you want to listen to it again or share it on your social media, feel free to do that by downloading the Radio.com app to your device or go to KMOX.com. Have a great rest of your weekend, and thank you for listening to The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.